Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I am Josh Horowitz. Welcome to my podcast, chock full of some of the smartest, funniest, uh, most talented performers, actors, directors on the planet. And this week's show, we've been experimenting lately, if you've noticed. We've been experimenting here in Happy, Sad, Confused. We're pushing the boundaries of podcast entertainment. Not really, but we're trying new, new stuff out. And this week, as we've done in previous weeks, we've got not one, but two interviews for you and not one not two not three but four guests uh two pairs of guests visited uh my office uh this past week and i'm thrilled to bring you um kind of four of my favorites they really are so the main event uh coming up a little later is uh the first extended sit down that i've had on the podcast with um the amazing melissa mccarthy and her husband ben falcone um a little background on them quickly Uh, they are the force behind the new film the boss which opens in theaters friday april 8th if you're listening to this today when the podcast comes out it's out go see it if you're listening to it after the fact it's been out go see it it's really funny um so uh Ben and Melissa go back way, way back to the groundlings. They uh, met there uh, at least I think 15, 16 years ago and um, are a lovely couple. Super funny. They directed uh, Ben directed Tammy starring Melissa. And uh, this is their newest collaboration. We talk about a lot of things, including, of course, we get into Ghostbusters, uh, which is coming out later this summer with Melissa. Uh, Truly adore this couple. And it was a lot of fun talking to them. Uh, But before that, before we get to that kind of main juicy interview, we got kind of like a smaller one, a little bonus for you guys. Um, Truly two of my favorites, one returning guest, one new to the podcast, uh, the amazing Sam Rockwell and Anna Kendrick. They are starring in a new film that, again, out on April 8th today, if you're listening to this on Friday. Um, Mr. Right is the film. It's kind of a quirky comedy action movie uh, in which they play love interests to each other. Sam plays a uh, kind of a killer hitman kind of type. Um, Super fun. And they're both amazingly charming in the film and of course, amazingly charming on this podcast. I had a lot of fun uh, just kind of catching up with the two of them who I've been you know, lucky enough to talk to you many, many times over the years and done a, a ton of sketches with, etc. So, um, and you'll hear us reference, we actually, uh, after the podcast, t- uh, taped a new After Hours sketch, which um, by the time you see, uh, listen to this, may or may not be up on MTV's YouTube channel. So, if it's not up yet, keep checking or check my Twitter feed. I'll tweet it out. Uh, we shot an amazing little sketch um, because they are both two of my favorite comedic performers and always, always game to play. So, um, I guess without any further ado, I'm going to let the first interview take hold of your brainwaves and your eardrums. <laughs> Here is uh, the two two of my favorite actors working today, uh, Anna Kendrick and Sam Rockwell. Check it out. Okay, should we do it, guys? Because you're, yeah. you're on schedule. I feel like we should just dive in. Um, hi, guys. Look, hi. Two, hi. Hi. Two of my favorite hi. people. Hi. Do you know who we were just talking about? Saoirse Ronan and Tavi uh, Gevinson. Gevinson. Yes. Who I always want to say Gelson's, but that's the grocery store. Same difference. Gevinson. She's we heir to the Gelson's throne. We were saying that they were lovely, and I just want to go on the record to say that they're both lovely. I love And Hannah. we love them, and we all agree that we love them. As opposed, yes, to, the, as opposed to the shit-talking that we had. We were, that doing, we were doing, doing a lot of shit-talking. But not about them. up for that, we're talking about nice Nice people things. that we love, and po- we're just going to talk about a bunch of things that we love. Positivity. Right. What are you? What are you loving right now, Sam? What's what's what? What do you have love um, for in your life? I am loving life. No, I'm just <laughs> not <Ew>. really. No. <laughs> I, I had I, I love some chicken and spinach recently. That was okay. pretty good. I was loving up on that. Nice. Okay. Um, you know, 
What is that you like say? a staying in in shape thing? Or you that, just like that, a, that sounds like the rock diet. Starving. That sounds a little bit. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of a staying in shape thing. <laughs> I kind love of like it. trying to fit in the suit thing. Right. Well, you are one of those people who, like, you're in a time warp. You know? Am I? Like, yeah. Elle, Elle Fanning's in a time warp. Maggie Smith in a time warp. Right. There are some people <laughs> yeah. who have just been the same age yeah. forever. That's very kind of you to say, Anna. Well, warp. you look pretty damn good yourself. Oh, you. Anna, um, Anna's 45 years old. <laughs> But no, it's actually funny that you say that because on in the car on the way here, someone tagged me in a photo and said like, oh, this is so weird. This looks just like you. And it was a still photograph from John Wayne's first leading role. And there is a girl in it. I don't know the actress. And you look like her? And I, and I like at first glance, I was like, that looks like me in a wig. That's like uh, the Keanu like Reeves thing. Have you seen that? Well, you like, know you no, have a classical like kind of look. You have a kind of a classical look, yeah. Like she, you know, if you like I zoom in on her that. face, it's not exactly the same by any stretch. So you're not saying uh, actually this is somebody that no, there's I'm no magic involved or anything. You know. Okay, great. But <laughs> Just to clarify. I, but, I, but I was like, I've kind of always wanted something sure. like that to happen. Where like you meet somebody or you see a photo and yeah. kind of like does yeah. for a second like because people that's like that people tweet at Reed. me all the time yeah, like oh somewhere my in time, looks right? just like you and I'm like eh, not really yeah, and yeah. this. Yeah, this photo. I was like, that kind of looks like me. Yeah. You know, Maybe this, I am immortal. You could be. We don't. We won't know until <laughs> we try to kill you. <laughs> Sam and I are gonna I murder you. And <laughs> we're, we're gonna what? Sam and I are gonna try and murder Anna. That's the only way to know if you're immortal or not. Yes. Yes. You you get Dana Carvey. I get Dana Carvey. What? I've gotten Christian Slater, Ethan Hawke. <laughs> sure. I don't know. A couple of those. What about you? You get any of those? You... I get um. I get Kate Mara. Okay. And I think Mara. Kate Mara is like oh, Mara. such a okay. mega babe that I'm so flattered. <laughs> and it happens to her too. And I always feel like bad because I'm like, I feel like I'm the awkward, less symmetrical one. <laughs> so I'm like, sorry about that, Kate Mara. But whenever people are like, oh, I love you in House of Cards, I'm like, mm, you think I'm pretty. <laughs> <laughs> she is we like you. She's got the weenus. She you are she pretty. Is yeah, we're all babes here in our own respective way. Three babes yeah. sitting in a room. Uh, you know, this the, the this age discussion is foremost in my mind, not to make it about me, yes, but yes. I just turned 40 a couple days ago, oh, guys. You. you look like How a babe in the world. I wasn't, I wasn't searching for that, but thank you. But Anna, you turned 30 last I... year. A few it, months ago, right? You, yeah, something right. like that. Was that a big thing? Uh, that, was that like... No, I. it was, you know, because like basically since I was in my late 20s, I felt like, well, this is 30s. Like, I, you know, right. I, you know, it's just like, like clinging to the idea of being in your 20s when you're 27, 28, 29. It's just like, you know, I was in my 20s when I was like 24. Right. And now it's like, yeah, I'm basically 30. Like no <laughs> one's going like, oh my God, you're so young. Right. Like I don't even know what to talk to you about <laughs> 28 years old. So um, I didn't feel weird about turning 30 at all. Was there a big one for you, Sam? A big age or one that you're dreading really, in the future? I actually, I'm so old. No. I'm like, uh, it, uh, 40 was good. I like 40. Okay. I actually thought 40 was my favorite was my favorite age, and I wish I could have just stopped the clock mm. at 40. <laughs> so, so, so you're saying basically I the like last couple 40. days are the last of my life. Part after 40, oh, especially God. physically. But 40 was really, like, perfect. Everything kind of came together. So you've you got know? 10 years left of uh, happiness, Anna. I've Pretty got none now. left. Yeah. I'll spend it wisely. <laughs> yeah, 40, 40's, 40's good. 30's good, too. 33 was very good. Why, why is that? You felt a little Jesus-y? Know, a little... Well, this is Jesus' age. Yeah. And I don't know. It was a good year for some reason. It was a good year for me. Yeah. 33 and 40. Did your paths uh, to to segue into promoting your wonderful new film, Mr. Wright? Yes. Did your paths cross on the Joe Swanberg experience in in Digging for Fire? I can't even remember. Well, Did you share very scenes? Briefly. Very briefly. Um, I'm actually Anna's father, <laughs> and uh, no. Um, 
we uh, we had a good time in that. That was kind of guerrilla filmmaking in in a way that I wasn't accustomed. To. Well, he she you'd worked with him before, yeah. And it was we were only working six hours a day. <laughs> and um, no, I was shooting another movie in the daytime. Is that just the Swanberg like, way? The night, that, the night that we met, I had been shooting cake. In oh, the daytime. that's right. And Messina like, was doing that Messina too. Messina was doing the cake. Yeah. So then at night, I would go and shoot this movie with Joe, and Sam was there, and um, Chris Messina and I are like making out in a pool. And then the next day, I I'm like playing this buttoned-up wife, and he's playing like you know the beleaguered divorcee. Right. So he's in a oh suit, God. and I'm in like a floral top. And the previous night, we're like running around doing fake lines of coke. <laughs> so that was yeah, a very yeah, odd yeah, experience yeah. to see him the next morning. Yeah. Like, it was like we'd had a real night. Of like partying and you right. see each other at the yeah. office the next day and you're Awkward trying to both pretend yeah. that you're like respectable citizens. Yeah, yeah. It was willy nilly. It was out, it was out there. It was definitely yeah. It was the, out there. The, it was fun. And we had a uh, uh, Brie Larson and uh, Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson was great. And Sandcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rosemary. So does that does that screw with your head, guys? When you're doing other two films at once, or you're doing a play and you're trying to do a film or something like that? Is that is it almost I, good I to kind of be? I've gone back to back, but I haven't done that. That's that sounds really intense. I don't know if I could do that. That's intense. You managed though, Anna. It was a little screwy for a little while, but it was workable. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think you do. People ask me about that kind of thing a lot, um, but I don't have trouble with it because I think, you know, you are a slightly different version of yourself all the time with different friends and right. family. Like you're always a slightly different version of yourself, and um, yeah. So you know, I would feel weird if I were playing like like two characters on the same set. I think like. You know, like something like Moon, I don't know, like, oh, I mean, yeah, I guess yeah, you're, yeah. you're playing the same, you know, person, the same DNA, but like, I, I wonder maybe that would be really tricky. Because when, sure. when I go from set to set, it's like I can be You'd a different be good at that. person. You'd be good at that. You're really, really facile. You're, well, you're very quick. And I, maybe that's, I think that's just who you are, but I think you're also, but you're younger. As you get older, things <laughs> start to fade. You managed on Great. Moon. You were fine uh, there, man. Yeah, yeah, I was younger then, but yeah, I think you'd be really good at that. Cause that's that's like a, a rhythm thing and it's very it's like it's it's like a dance i feel like it's like music i think you would have you'd be very good at that kind of a thing actually i well, saw tom hardy that, was great is in that, that how you Legend, is that sure. how you did moon like i've, I've yeah. actually i'm such an idiot I, when we were on set i never asked you no that. no I'm that's so it was a rhythm it. thing that the, the it was all uh i mean I, you could talk about it for hours but basically it was a rhythm thing where well there's this motion control i, I i'm sure yeah. tim can you know can explain um that you have to you can't move anything yeah yeah in the shot yeah, yeah. this real, very loud camera and uh and so it's very technical so then i would have an earwig and so if the, one of the clones was um coming to get the the ping pong i would sort of i would kind of retract and i wanted to retract i would have to make a noise like that like that or something so that when i wasn't because i'm not seeing anything yeah so then, when I heard the noise, you know that's I, when the that's your cue, tracked, yeah. You know, and it was very Damn. weird stuff. <laughs> and to ad lib is a, is kind of a nightmare. You can kind of you have to fit in that little window, right? So you cue. have an earwig in your ear of the previous take, yeah. hearing yourself. Okay. I would watch okay. it in the makeup chair when they would do the okay. makeup for the other clone. Okay. We'd have to rehearse twice. That was a weird yeah. thing, and so we. I, the deep the, the second AD the first AD would be like all right let's go up to make him and I'd be like Mick we gotta we gotta do it again but I gotta switch that's very wow. strange well sp speaking of sci-fi I have to bring this up because I was just listening to you on another podcast the other day and he broke if you're this he talked about 
a Galaxy Quest sequel that was almost that was going to be yeah. shooting. I thought you knew about that. Yeah, well, I didn't know well, about you know, that. I'm here, Alan Rickman passed yeah. away. So. Oh God. We Wait, can't, Tim was, Allen's on a show that he can't get off of, and I think I think they bagged it. Yeah, we're gonna do it on Amazon. Oh my God, I, I love that. I was growing a mustache. I was growing up. It's, it's a. Thanks for saying that. That's I, a we all adore that one. That's a heartbreaker. What well, can you can you tease that anything on what the story? I was growing a mustache. That was the first like date I ever went on. <gasps> really? Ever in my life, first date ever God, movie. I'm, I went oh, to see you and Gabby. Are you kidding me? Yeah, sitting there going. I didn't want to ask how old you were. Are we gonna kiss? Is he gonna kiss me? That's fucking. That's yeah, adorable. In high school. Was that's amazing. Uh, was was Justin Although, coming back in too? Fairness, he didn't kiss me, so maybe it was not a first date. <laughs> <laughs> maybe my first date in was your head. much later. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you eventually kiss him? Because maybe it set it up. Maybe yeah, it set yeah, up good we vibes. did. Yeah, we did eventually kiss. Yeah, it's maybe good vibes. Good, good vibe. Like very sexy movie. Well, eventually, it was going to get. Tony Shalhoub and Missy <laughs> that, Pyle. That's, that's a that's a good, a beautiful, yeah, a nice romantic yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, probably not biologically sound, but yeah. Um, was Justin coming along too? Was everybody Justin on board? Justin was going to do it. Oh yeah, Justin God. was. You know Justin Long, right? Uh, yeah, came, yeah, yeah, I met him. He was going to do it. Yeah, so it's crazy. All, um, yeah, one of those things. So, um, okay, so you guys finally get together in a big way for this one. Crazy Max Landis script. If people don't know Max Landis's work, yes, that speaks yes. volumes because she knows Max a little bit. I had known Max. He's a wise character. He is a character. He's a wild character. I, I kind of <laughs> love him. He's like he's out there. He's just he's really he's very. He's very dear. He's got a very dear heart. Very earnest, but, but he's very like, his way he dresses and it's wild. He's well, so, like a cartoon character. Well, supposedly, yeah. supposedly Jesse Eisenberg based his Lex Luthor a bit on Max Landis oh, in Batman vs Superman. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. In so many ways. Is Max going to be there? Because yeah. it is with Max. You're like, I don't know. Are you a hero or a villain? Right. It could go either way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what, does this, it, is, is this one of those scripts that then pops off the page? Like this is a unique, interesting dialogue that's it, worth It was, right? It was into. a dialogue-driven script. Yeah. I mean, it was very, it was it was character-driven. and We got to play real interesting characters, three-dimensional kind of wacky people. Yeah. So it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Have you guys had to do like a, a romantic relationship or something or a sex scene on film with somebody that you actively disliked? Yes. How'd that go? I, it was really, oh, oh, I should have just said no. <laughs> oh no. Um, Coming through the IMDb. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, um, a, a big sex scene per se. Um, I've never, well, I've actually, I've never done like a sex scene. Um, but uh, yeah, there have been uh, actors like the the one that sprung to mind when I so quickly jumped on that. Yes, show, yes. Um, uh, was like there was this oh, yeah, one day, and it actually. was uh, and and it, there was a day where uh, the director was like, you know, and then like you guys uh, kiss and whatever, and I was so like, I don't understand why we would kiss in this moment. I don't know, like, and yeah. I was arguing it from a character standpoint in a way that at the time I really felt like. I just don't understand why, like, why this moment? Why would we kiss in this moment? And then basically the director was like, because you're romantically involved. And I was like, right, okay. It's just that I don't like him. Was it like, just kissing or was it more? It was just kissing. It was just kissing. Yeah. But it was just that weird thing where I couldn't justify kissing him because I did. I so didn't yeah. want to. Even though that it, was it didn't, that it didn't make sense to me that like this the scene because within the scene like. 
he didn't convince me that I wanted to kiss him. Right. You know, and yeah, that yeah, was yeah, yeah. about me, not, yeah. you know, like losing Don't sight make of, it about your limitations. Yeah. You were working yeah. with an asshole. Didn't like it. <laughs> it's true. You have to earn a kiss dramatically, don't you? Or, or comedically or whatever. I, it's almost like if you if you make a choice to smoke a cigarette or, in a cup in a, or have a, 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 like a whiskey, it's almost like I feel like you have to earn it emotionally. Right. Within the the story, like why are you having the whiskey or why are you kissing here, like you have to. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, but completely. Story wise, you have to sort of earn it, and I think I know what you mean. I had I had it I had it too a long time ago. I, I of course I can't say who it is, but uh, yes, that is difficult. And I had the same thing, and it was like, yeah, there was uh, just uh, there was not. It just wasn't gelling. Yeah. You know? I think that speaks volume of, of the unspoken people we're talking about because you two are two of the most affable, I feel like, can get along generally with most people. And that's a good yeah. skill to have on a film set where who knows who you're going to be working with that day. And you need to kind of roll with it and yeah. be able to receive totally. any kind totally. of energy, right? I think we've also, the two of us, been very lucky. I mean, you know, I mean, I. Yeah, to, I've never been on a set where an actor is like making me, you know, feel like psychologically damaged or sad or any, you know, like, right. you know, and, and some people have worked with people who make them feel bad and that, you know, yeah, that hasn't yeah. happened. We've, I've had yeah. personality clashes, but I've never had something right. where I'm like, I wouldn't want to be in the same room with that actor. Like, right. That's, yeah. yeah. We 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 ha we have a, a silly sketch to uh, to shoot in a second, so I'll, I'll, we'll vacate the office in a moment. But I do want to ask. So you guys have a lot going on. I'm going to see you a couple Pitch times, perfect. Anna. Pitch for three. <laughs> what do you have my press? Apparently, yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you for I listening, my <laughs> Is there a timetable for that? I wasn't even going to ask, but is there? What? Pitch Perfect Three. Do we know what the timetable is? Anything? You know, it is. It is like nothing I have truly. I'm saying it with a smile on my face. Okay. But it is truly like nothing I have ever experienced. Where we are being kept in the dark. Really. In this weird way that, like, it's like you're in a Star Wars film. You're like, yeah. Except, yeah. Except that it's like, you know, I, I'd like to think that they wouldn't do that to, you know, uh, to to Daisy on like film three. Exactly, the key components that have been there from you know, the start. Where you're like, I, I kind of know. <laughs> Also, like, it's not going to be like a big, like, oh, is she related to Luke Skywalker? Like, there's nothing like that. And Luke's like, oh, what songs are we singing? What, like, it, it, it's like really, but it's not a big, it's not Inception. It's not Star Wars. Like, nobody's yeah, yeah, yeah. going like, oh, I need to find. No, there are what's no. The, what's there the no big secret? We don't theories. know that. There's we don't not know. like forums devoted to fan theories. <laughs> it could be going in a new direction. Maybe uh, crazy. You're gonna beatbox. That's the big oh. secret. Oh, hey, is Elizabeth Banks directing it? I. I think so. Okay. I had heard. Yeah, I, th I think oh, cool. that's the plan so. still. That's, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's cool. Um, <laughs> so that's coming up. You're promoting a couple films coming up soon. You and Zac Efron and yes. Adam Devine have yes. something funny. I know cooking. Adam Devine and I are in another movie together because he's in Pitch One and Two. All right, of and course, yeah. uh, and he's uh, in Mike and Dave. And yet, and again, we like sort of made a point to make it through the whole movie without ever making eye contact. Because <laughs> so this is the third movie now where we're in the same movie right. and occasionally in the the same scenes but never ignore like we want to maybe do like a version where one of us is like Tyler Durden <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I had a theory for a second this was the asshole you were talking about but no oh, you no, love no. Adam I love Adam <laughs> I love Adam I just did some press with Adam in Austin and it was really fun nice and, Sa I what I and Sa so well, Sa I do like hanging out with him. I just we just like made a point to not make eye contact on screen. Oh, you're Fair doing enough. a thing with Zac Efron. I like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. He's great. I like him. He's in a neighbors. great guy. He was really, he was really good in that. And and Sam, I just saw you on stage. Amazing. Oh, you're looking at the Michael Shannon. Yeah, dude. What the f is that, bro? Michael Shannon, non-sexual escort. Awesome. It's a sketch I did with him. Weird. Dude, I love it. you will love it. I guarantee it is Not pure Rockwell. Escort. <laughs> 
it, that's amazing. It was a sketch where I ordered him as a as an escort, but he comes over just to entertain me and nothing sexual. That. I gotta watch that. You'll love it. Entertain you like as an actor, or well, just like hang out and be your buddy. Exactly the latter. Aww. So it's like we play like Twister and stuff oh like that. God, that's so <laughs> funny. Yeah, he, <laughs> he sings me a lullaby. It's actually one of my favorites. That's great. <laughs> um, which is the perfect segue. We're gonna go off and do something really stupid right now. Let's do it. You guys I ready? It. I love stupid stuff. Let's do some stupid stuff. All right, guys. All right. <laughs> Today's sponsor of Happy, Sad, Confused is Casper Mattresses, obsessively engineered American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. And now, guys, you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash happy and using the code happy. Listen, you spend about a third of your life sleeping. Let's make sure you're doing it on a great mattress. Just the right sink, just the right bounce, two technologies, a hybrid of latex foam and memory foam. They've got a risk-free trial and return policy. Plus, they'll deliver it straight to you. You can try it for 100 days, and if you're not happy, guys, they'll pick it back up. At the store, maybe you get a minute to try mattresses. With Casper, you actually get to sleep on it. And remember, it's only $500 for a twin-sized mattress and $950 for a king-sized mattress. Comparing that to industry averages, that is an outstanding price point. So get $50 towards any mattress purchase today by going to casper.com happy and using the code HAPPY. Terms and conditions apply. Coming up next on Happy Second Fused is the main event, our big interview of the week. It is the comedic dynamo, the comedic force, one of the most popular actors working today, Melissa McCarthy. She, of course, came to prominence uh, thanks to her Oscar-nominated performance in Bridesmaids. Yes, they got an Oscar nomination. That's how big a performance it was and how much of a, a ripple effect it had uh, in the film industry. And since then, she has uh, been killing it with films like The Heat and Tammy and Identity Thief. And now with The Boss, which is out right now and coming soon in Ghostbusters. So uh, it was a real honor and pleasure to talk to Melissa, who's who's one of the sweetest um, women I, I know in the business. And, and it kind of belies her persona on screen, often playing like the aggressor, the crazy kind of aggressor. Uh, and in, in this new film, The Boss, which is directed by um, Ben Falcone, her husband, and co-written by the two of them. Uh, she plays a really fun character by the name of Michelle Darnell, who is um, kind of like a Leona Helmsley white collar criminal type who uh, kind of gets her comeuppance and then has to, um, you know, go through a little bit of a journey thanks to uh, working with her assistant played by, again, the supremely talented Kristen Bell. Peter Dinklage is in the movie. There's a ton of great stuff in the movie. By now, it's making millions and millions of dollars. So check it out if you haven't already. The Boss. And check out this uh, super fun conversation with Melissa McCarthy and Ben Falcone. Lot. Yeah, please. You get, to, you get to get nice and cozy. I'm not used to duos. Usually, the only other pair I've had are Phil Lord and Chris Miller. And as far as I know, they've never had sex with each other. So we're in uncharted that we territory. Of. That we know. That we know. Of. <laughs> well, I would hope you would recognize I mean, that one. Come on, Melissa just uh, pointed. Yeah, Vigo the Carpathian. There we go. Um, no official introduction, but it's good to see you both. <laughs> Well, thank you, like Thank was. you. Thanks for coming over today. Uh, and congrats on the film. It's super funny. Thank it's you. amazing. Um, this is obviously a labor of love for both of you. Directed, sure. co-written, starring, 
gaffed. I don't know what else you did. <laughs> yeah. I did all the electrical work and uh, cooked breakfast for the group. People don't know that, that you are a, a superb electrician. <laughs> I wish it was. Like going back to college, oh, I'm like, I should have. Oh, you'd love to be an electrician. Oh, yeah, I'd do everything differently. I'm like, I would have learned how to do, you know, like tile work, woodwork, and uh, electrical work. <laughs> I'd be a mason. Sure. Oh, a mason. A mason or a Freemason? You would be a part of like a Both. Kind of... <laughs> Gotta be both. Be a Freemason that can do masonry. Oh, People never talk about that. The Freemasons yeah. that are able to actually work with their hands. <laughs> well, I'd love to get a number on that. Like, how many Masons are Freemasons? <laughs> Look into that, guys. Somebody out there is like, uh, 11,022. Like, everybody knows that answer <laughs> off the top of their head. Yeah. Exactly. Have you two, by the way, have you two podcasted before? Are you podcast virgins? Do you know what you're doing? I, we, have, I, we have podcasted okay. before. I've done some light podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> you're a light podcaster. I'm a light You're a pod- casual podcaster. I'm casually. I mean, it's not it's nothing serious yet. Podcast adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> um, this must make it a little more fun or something like this or the, the last collaboration where you get to kind of do the press uh, often together and. Totally you know, be actually happy to be in each other's presence as opposed to <laughs> co-stars where you have to pretend that you actually like the person. I've never had that. You've I've never, never had to pretend? I've never had to pretend, but I, I feel like, oh my gosh, that must be mind-blowing. Except for Jason Bateman. <laughs> Jason Bateman was a real monster. To I once had to, do, I had to do press with Elizabeth Banks and she's a monster. Elizabeth Banks is a monster. Elizabeth Banks Guys, when you, a monster. when you move in on the mic and you say oh, it, it that? that's actually, we hear it more oh, instead of us. Oh, I could have sworn that meant like cone of silence. <laughs> no, no. Is it now? Is it a cone of silence? Cone of silence. Jason Bateman and Elizabeth Banks are monsters. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how much of this, of something like this, uh, in the last collaboration, come about of like you know wanting to just be around each other, frankly, and have an enjoyable experience? And how much of it is sort of just being in sync comedically and, and knowing that you know each other's rhythms, etc. I think I think it's a lot of both. I mean, I, I think it might be really split right down the middle. I mean, he's Ben's always been kind of my favorite person to write with and collaborate with. And I mean, it's why we became such good friends at Groundlings. And right. then we started dating guys. And the love blossomed oh, as man. it does. Kissing and hand holding. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's always easy. I think we, I think we actually see the same thing. Mm. Like when we have the weirdest possible idea, it may take a couple times of like, wait, what? Say that again. Right. Long, weird explanation. What? Say it one more time. Oh, my. Oh, yes. And I I always feel like we are actually seeing the same thing. So then when you, when you get to the day of shooting, it's like we really are going for the same goal. Well, and I would think that's part of the goal in any like collaboration is like get all that shorthand crap out of the way so yeah. that you can just get to, down to business and like yeah. make the same movie. Yeah. I feel like we can, we say the weirdest snippets and looks to each other on set and it's like, got it. Right. Luckily it's not like twin speak or something. So everybody knows like <laughs> oh, what we're I saying. Wish. I do wish it wasn't. And then the Elfish. crew would just be what like, what it? are you doing? Wish we, we should start speaking out. El- like, um, yeah. Elf. Elvin. Elvin. Ooh. Mm, okay. <laughs> Idea train. <laughs> Wait a minute. So what was the first stuff? I'm curious, going back when you first met, the first stuff you comedically clicked on. Was there, were there touchstones that you guys talked about or were into together or, or what? Well, we didn't, you know, we were, we were in a, we met in a writing, a comedy writing class. So we didn't really talk much about like, oh, who are your influences or whatever. We were busy trying to write our own stuff. So and self-involved. We, you didn't care yeah, about we, it. We were, we were narcissists <laughs> in a very <laughs> early. We our own handheld mirrors uh, <laughs> deep into those pools. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I think there was a common bond to, like, take a rather extreme or eccentric character and to see how far could you push it 
and still make it a believable circumstance. And then if you right. get two of those people together, I mean, I always love the thought of like when two very eccentric people meet on a park bench, what is that conversation? <laughs> so that would be better. I think we did. Didn't we do that one on a park? Oh, that was me and Jim Cashman. <laughs> no, that's my other husband. Yeah. That's my, Things that's got my, weird. That's my favorite. <laughs> we did something on a park bench. That was another man. <laughs> so where were you guys in your respective, like, just maturation as comedians, as, as writers? Like, where were you when you met, like, in terms of, like, how far along the process of careers and stuff? Oh. Oh. So I hadn't – I didn't even know where the ladder was. <laughs> I can't even I say was, bottom wrong. I was uh, between jobs. Uh <laughs> And what were those jobs? Um, I was a waiter and also, what else had did I Had you been do? recently fired? I had been recently fired as a waiter. What happened, Ben? Uh, there was a secret shopper at California Pizza Kitchen, <laughs> and uh, they didn't they didn't like what I was doing. <laughs> they didn't like my didn't act. Up, he wasn't upsell. You were doing I didn't upsell, upsell enough. I was actually pizza. a very pleasant way. How do you upsell at CPK? Well, what you, do you say, oh, would you like a delicious spinach artichoke dip? Um, would you like and they always wanted me to push alcohol even early in the day like so I literally had to go up to people at like 11 in the morning and say would you like you know a uh, uh, chopped salad or, or a Long Island iced tea <laughs> <laughs> and, and they would look at me like I was nuts and I'd look at my boss like come on man can I just say I see, no push the alcohol someone will take it so anyway <laughs> when someone does that to me I get I, it well, drives me crazy also you hate like, when waiters tell say how does that taste oh. I don't like when someone says How's the, the word taste? taste. I don't like it. Yeah, it's funny. I had a very nice meal last night, and I it was a great meal. But like the waiter came over in between like a couple courses and was like grinning ear to ear, like how fucking amazing was that? Basically, and I'm like, it's good, but let's not all do a dance every time. Like yeah. it's and supposed to be good, go, right? Then it makes me instead of being like, oh, I love that. If once somebody's really like standing in the corner making me nod back to them, I'm like, I don't know, I've had better. Yeah. Like I get, I get <laughs> contrarian a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I got fired as a waiter. Because oh. I buy a secret shopper because they pretend to be a customer. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and then they're and it was the last and that, table and of that eight. secret shopper was Paul Feig. <laughs> Full circle. And his first shopper. Uh, his first job. He was a secret shopper at those times. It was right before Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> I had, I had never written anything. I had done you know I'd, I'd done a million plays in New York and studied there and I had kind of just moved to L.A. and. The thought of like doing a writing thing, I had it, which Ben was actually the first person that would always bust me on it. We had to, they'd send us out in Groundlings, go, you know, go out in the hall, go out, find some space, and you have five minutes to write a monologue. And they'd give us some kind of assignment, kind of a goal. Right. And I just couldn't actually write it down because I thought, oh, you're, you have to be a writer. Like I shouldn't be actually writing. Right. So I wouldn't actually write it down. If somehow it was like the, the process of it was like, I don't know. I just felt like I, I didn't go to school for it, so right. I shouldn't I shouldn't be pretending to write. So instead, I would come in, and when we would go up in front of the class, I would hold an empty piece of paper, and I would just improvise the whole monologue. That I could do. I was like, oh, I know, no, I know what the person should say, and I know what the story is. Yeah. But like, so I'm not worthy of being you, a writer. You've been, been thinking about it. Like you yeah. knew, like okay, she. I knew the gist of it, but I just thought. It was a big leap for you, too, yeah. So I couldn't actually do it, and Ben was the first one to lean over. It's like, because then after I would do it, I would go and try to remember it and write it down. Got it. So I could say it, I could say it, but I couldn't, I don't know, it's like I couldn't pre-plan it, and Ben, ben was the first one that's like, I know that paper's blank. <laughs> I, I know you're going it. up there. And I can see <laughs> what you're doing. Meanwhile, I'm writing whole things that are just awful. And I, wish, <laughs> I wish that I wasn't. Try it my way. I'm wasting a lot of paper, but it's down there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> So were you guys, um, 
were you guys working together from the beginning then what in terms of just like writing or not writing together or whatever <laughs> yeah no we, we wrote uh, sketches a variety of sketches that were terrible and some that were pretty funny and you know we wrote from our first class and then we had a, another class we had to do and we did we wrote there too and then between classes we would you know as we as we all do we would get like what was it called? What was it? Was it Barry Foot Comedy? Oh, yeah. We started a we comedy started a troupe. We started a comedy troupe with Dax Shepard. Oh, Dax wow. Shepard, wasn't it? Nat Faxon. Nat Faxon. Oscar Jim. winner Nat Faxon. That's right. Oscar winner Jim. No, Jim Rash? No, no he it wasn't. wasn't. But, um, uh, yeah, a bunch of us. Tate just, Taylor. Tate Taylor. Huge director Taylor. now. Yeah, Andy amazing. Rooster, who we call Rooster. Yeah. Wait, anyway, so we uh, oh we were called House of Floyd. House of Floyd guys, and we once we it's fun. the name itself says it all. It's going to be great comedy. House and we of Floyd. we I, once we had a theater. Mm, we rented out two, an eight o'clock and a ten o'clock because we had the theater. We we're paying for it, and we you know there's like seven of us, and we yeah. can only get so many people to come because we're all trying to get agents and stuff. And literally for the eight o'clock show, I believe two people showed up. Okay. And then of course it, it brought up the age old actor debate, like, well, should we do the show anyway? Because right. of, and then finally, I think all of us were like, no, have them come back at ten. <laughs> two we'll more people the, for the we'll ten o'clock now. 10. Perfect. And I had done that math thing of like, okay, there's ten of us, or however many there were. Let's say there's ten. If we all invite twenty five people to each show, blah blah blah. Here's the number. But it was a huge theater. Sure. I should have gotten a thirty two seat theater instead. I went and got like a two hundred seat theater. And just did all the math. And I'm like, this all works out. We can actually make money, guys. Yeah. 40,000 people will show up tonight. <laughs> nobody invited anyone. Or we, well, we did. We invited everybody we knew, which was no one. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, how do you, like, compartmentalize that in your in your life where you guys are at now? Where, you know, debatably you're not, maybe you're funnier th now than you were then, but probably not, like, infinitesimally, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. like, and yet you are hugely celebrated. This movie, I'm sure, will do gangbusters as your other collaborations have. How do you kind of rationalize in your brain, like, I'm the same person, but I don't have to struggle to get two people in the, in the theater anymore. They're They're coming to me. I or is that dangerous think, to think, think about? I still send out it. flyers. I still think that we need to call people. <laughs> I still think Rolodex. we need some, like, email blasts. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really still am always, like, every time we talk to someone, we're like, hope you like the movie. Please bring 500 of you. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> anybody I see. I, I still have that. You want to sign up for my email blast? <laughs> gonna have chips and guac after the show <laughs> homemade carla makes a mean dip um i still always always still feel like okay that's it like i'm always in a it's a, i think after you you do that struggle for so many years it never kind yeah. of leaves you and i think somehow that's probably a good thing is sociopathic as it, it it may be i think there's some there's a little something good to like like um I don't know what happens. Well, it keeps the ambition like, alive. It keeps it like yeah. something a little dangerous. Well, and in to be comedy, like, there's work something for sure. Because every time I've ever oof. said that, I've tanked so hard. Really? Every time I'm like, this sketch is gonna kill. It's like, oh, that that crowd not only didn't like it, they actively hated it. <laughs> yeah, they don't like me. They don't want to see me in the next sketch. Yeah, I it's gonna take that two so more much. sketches for them to stop hating my face. <laughs> They've decided they hate yeah. comedy now. From okay. now on, I've turned their life around. <laughs> I've, I've Serious never, now. Uh, they've never seen live theater again. Oh, God. Well, they just watch sad movie after sad oh, movie. Right. Now. More Ingmar Bergman, please. Yes. Less Melissa McCarthy. Yes. 
was just cursing us. So had you, I mean, prior to, I guess, it, I mean, it was kind of Mike and, and Molly and, and, and Bridesmaids that kind of started you on this path of like, you know, being the leading performer in your own projects, it would seem. Had you resigned yourself to like a life of character actor or supporting actor? And was that cool by you? Or did you feel yeah. like there was unresolved stuff that you wanted to get well, out? I mean, I, I was just always so happy to work and not in like a desperate way. I just really was like, no matter how small of a part, I was always, I always kind of felt like, oh my God, like I'm going to get to, this is my job for the day. I mean, I think right. I still have that feeling of how have I finagled this that like my actual occupation is like, I play make-believe guys. <laughs> I put on wigs. I mean, this is what I did in my 20s in New York, and that was just for fun. So I mean, I'm anytime like, I go to, like, a crew lot, I think that the security guard is going to send me away for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you bring, like, three forms of identification. Like, really? I'm the director. <laughs> oh, my God. Does it, I mean, did it feel like in the wake of of that huge success of the Oscar nomination and everything yeah. and, you know, opportunity for you guys to kind of like start to create your own projects as you have. D did it feel like th that that was part and parcel of like the, the objective? Like I have to kind of like be captain of this, of my own ship and kind of figure out my path. Well, or? I think I always, I mean, for, for me, I always felt like I have, I know that there's characters I want to play. I'm really kind of fascinated by, People. I think it's why I act. I think it's why I go for characters that are so different from myself. It's the joy of it. It's like, yeah, you truly get to step into someone else's shoes. Yeah. And not not just see what their world is like. Act. I mean, you get to kick in doors and call people names or swipe, you know, wipe everything off a desk and just do things that, like, you can't do in real life. Right. You can't do that. And and I always had those – I. The first time somebody's like, what do you want to do? I, I do feel like I was ready with an answer. Mm -hmm. Like I, I knew exactly the kind of women and the kind of stories I wanted to do. And it, it blows my mind, but also I, I, I knew, and I had been writing enough at Groundlings that I was like, I like doing the stuff I generate. Right. Because so many of the things I read, I just didn't understand what was funny. And so, so many times with the female, like with the, with the female parts, I just thought, oh God, I'd love to play the friend. I'd love to play that guy's role right. where there's actually a character and there's faults and he's got quirks and he's not perfect. Which and, is what you got to do in Bridesmaids. It was yes. just this, everyone had a character. You were just all female. Yeah. Annie, Annie and, and, and Kristen wrote people. They wrote real three-dimensional, flawed, strange people. And it was... It's funny that it was, I mean, it was, it's a, it's such a great movie. I still love it, but everyone acted like, you know, it had cracked the world open. Right. I'm like, it's just that somebody finally wrote real, like we're supposed to all be pretending to be real people. That's right. The whole, that's the bottom line with acting in a movie and why we go to see a story. We want to hear a story about other people. So it, to me, it's more shocking when people don't do that or you right. see three funny parts and then. Like, there's three crazy guys, and then there's one woman that I'm like, boy, she has no perspective. It's a character she, trait no, as opposed to, yeah, like, a human it's like being, the guy's right? guy's, like, you know, angry and sullen and, and bitter, and then the woman's description is, like, leggy. 
Like right. that's not a that's not a character trait. Right. It's a More physical often description. than not, she's a bummer too. Like yeah, right. Ralph, you be, don't go, don't be, don't be such a child. Like a bunch of that. Like while he's doing all these fun things, he's yeah. getting to like throw you know gum at the wall or whatever, and she's like, oh my walls. <laughs> I just had that painted. <laughs> it's like oh, I'm like if there's three weird guys that hang out with a woman, it's like I bet that woman's pretty weird too. Yeah, yeah. So it's just it's nice that I you know. To be able to build my own characters and build this world is beyond a joy. Well, talking about building your own characters, this is a character in the boss that goes way back to the groundlings, yeah. right? And I'm curious, like, when you guys start to contemplate building a film around this character, like, is it, like, do you know from the start, like, oh, yeah, there's there's definitely a world, there's definitely a story I can build around it because, you know, it's a different task, right? Like, there's something that works on the stage in short form, and then there's something that works for 90 or 100 minutes. For sure. Was it a no-brainer that this character could sustain? And it does. In, in retrospect, obviously, it does. But was it a no-brainer at first? Well, uh, Steve Mallory that we wrote this with, um, who's actually Carl in the movie, who mm-hmm. I eviscerate his <laughs> deceased wife, as you do, um, he and I had worked on this about seven years ago. Yeah. We did. We kind of did a, a pretty... Uh, detailed outline of what we thought a feature for her could be, and a lot of a lot of the elements are still in it. I mean, we proceeded to rewrite it twenty five times before we shot, but um, you know the basic gist was there, and certainly her character was there. Difference of was eight years ago, nobody <laughs> nobody took the maid. Yeah, nobody right. Would have cared. Yeah, right. nobody. Somebody, somebody. Like I can't remember. We were doing it something for. We heard someone. I can't remember what network was looking for movies. And they're like, they need movies 24 hours. They'll basically buy anything. And then we, you know, tried to ha- pitch ours. You tested that. and <laughs> We tested the theory. Exactly. Yeah, we were, Apparently. We were the, we were the basically. We were the one caveat. Basically. <laughs> yep, we were that. All 99 in, not yours. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, even even with that happening, it just still, it, she always stayed in my head. And I was like, God, I'd love to. I would just love to give her 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 moment, and then you know when Universal said, "What do you, what do you really what do you want to do?" Like, the the question was not even fully asked, and I said, "I want to do Michelle Darnell." I knew exactly who I wanted to do. So, what was the, what was like the comic premise of her at the start of the Groundlings versus like where she's at now? Was it like the rebound too? Was it also her kind of coming back into a no, into a world? No, or? she was uh, a tidal wave. I kicked in the I kicked in the door. Welcome the to the jungle is playing really loud. <laughs> yeah. Let's start with that. Kicked in the door, and I went right up into the audience, and I did a seminar. And I I couldn't – it was really dicey but really fun because I couldn't go from – there's probably like four sections. I could only motivate to the next section because I I talked to people. And if they wouldn't engage with me, I – Literally, the the bit required them to engage me because I I made an example of them. Right. <laughs> so I made someone answer me. Like I would pretend to be like uh, talking about like the the principles of making money. And yeah. I started, you know, I've got fourteen million dollar in the bank and blah 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 blah. Just driving, 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 and I would keep getting distracted by someone. I said, I'm going to stop. And this is a key thing if you ever have this happen in business. You look familiar to me, sir. If you if you run into someone you know. You're doing it for a reason, and in business, that might be the most important contact. Figure it out. So I would take some person that's saying, how do we know each other? And people were always like, no, please don't pick on me. I'm like, I'm not picking on you. And I couldn't get, so I would grind them down and be like, where do you get coffee? Where do you do this? And I would go through this whole series of things. Finally, where it's like, that's it. We go to, you know, we go to the same gym. 
And then I would turn back around and say, rule number one, pick some sucker out of a crowd and make them think they're special. <laughs> so I would use them. I, I, so I, but I couldn't and it's, a, it's a miracle. And then the other people wouldn't want to answer. It was so <laughs> strange. <laughs> but some people really, really raked me over the coals. But uh, <laughs> she was really successful. You saw her kind of manipulating. And it was still a, self, it was a, a self-help seminar right. of how to make money. Have, have you ever, whether for research or for fun or whatever, like read up or you know, that Tony Robbins, the whatever, like I've read, I've read little, little bits and pieces, but yeah. I, I had such a, a weird feeling for, I think how she did it. And it was more like charisma and charm that yeah. I was like, I don't think we're going to get into the, it was less the about the actual business yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. speak because, uh, boy, if you needed help from me with the business, like, oh, well, rule 12, the 12 steps of business, I'd yeah. be like, oh, man, I'm... All our business speak still sounded like it was year one at ground. <laughs> the binary, I don't know business Everybody, words. whenever there's an office scene at the groundling, somebody goes, oh, the, here's the Anderson file, and they walk off <laughs> really The infamous fast. Anderson file. Because nobody and knows. Every, there's probably 700 scenes at groundling that involve the Anderson file. All the secrets of the earth are in the Anderson oh, file. Mr. Pritchett is upset. Bye. <laughs> but there is something, I mean, it actually brings me back a lot to like my childhood of watching like, like I know you've referenced Leona Helmsley. I grew up, growing yeah. up in, in New York, yes. like she was like that's huge. Who, especially when I was writing this, that's that's someone who I, 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 I've always had a fascination with oh, her. Yeah. I mean, she's, I mean, the, 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 <laughs> just the crazy stories, the look, locking into that look. I think it's probably why Michelle has short red spiky hair. Like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> There's also, I mean, is there any influence? Do you think of things like, I mean, again, kind of the fish out of the water, her kind of comeback, her kind of like comeuppance, yeah. uh, like I think back to trading places and that kind of thing. I mean, is that, are those touchstones at all that enter into your mind when you're approaching this well, or not really? Those are some of my favorite movies, you know, yeah. back in the, you know, that sort of thing of like somebody who has a fall and a rise. And that was a good movie. Really good I movie. I mean, for me, it's structurally in a in a film, I really... I love to watch someone who seems to not need anyone to watch them finally crumble. And right. then as an audience member, I love to hopefully like the person enough that I find myself rooting for them. Right. And I love when a character is really, really flawed and you love them anyway. Like that's the biggest hat trick to me. It's what I love. Like if you're like, I don't know why I like her. <laughs> She's saying awful things. Right. She's doing the wrong things, but I find myself sitting here rooting for her. And I think... I think when you do that, like, I, I love to love the unlovable character. Yeah. character. I don't yeah. know what it is. It's like a, I don't know why I like feel it more. Or something. It's like a degree of difficulty. It's like, it's just like, it's like the Greg Luganis dive 9.9. <laughs> You're like, I'm going for it. And when it works, it must be so rewarding. When it works, it's just, it's a blast. And I always, especially if I really love a character, I, if I love playing a character, I also usually am quite in love with them. And I get such a soft spot for the characters I play, and then I get very protective of them. Right. So it becomes increasingly important that you see their humanity and their faults, and then you see them, in spite of doing it wrong, you see them really trying to mm -hmm. be better. Like, I just... I remember uh, we were doing... We, we started the boss with the sword fight stuff. And I remember, you know, I think it took like five five days and then there was maybe six and then some st more stuff with Pete because we had Pete Dinklage for the first two weeks. And I remember like on day seven, Melissa comes up to me and very sweetly as she always is, but she just goes, I feel like I haven't had my, my you know, I haven't turned. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we're having a, 
We're having a sword fight. <laughs> when am I? When are you going to do <laughs> your she turn? Just a I just, issue. I, yeah, and she was just so concerned. And I was like, "Well, right. you're going to get to do we'll it. Get we're there, not, we're but... not shooting an order." You know, um, but but it's a real mind swirl. It really never is. Do, but I'm always just like, I feel like I'm just being aggressive. Right. Well, yes, because you've been swinging the sword <laughs> for Peter, five Peter, days. Peter Dinklage, poor but, Peter. Yeah, but uh, but it, but I think it's a mark of kind of what she's saying is that she loves these characters yeah. so much, and she, you know, so when I hear that, um, obviously, first of all, I just think it's sort of great that she cares so much and is asking it and i wish everybody would and everyone really kind of does but it just it makes me happy that she's like that far into it that she's concerned like i sure. haven't done it yet and i'm like we we have 38 more days <laughs> we'll get there <laughs> yeah you i mean you you have uh you mentioned uh peter and kristen bell is excellent in this i mean is there is there kind of like a criteria in terms of is kind of one of the only criteria like if they're willing to play if they're willing to kind of like have no vanity or just go wherever they need to go i mean did you know peter or kristen prior to this and know the lengths that they would go for comedy we did not we we do um we like to chat with people, meet people, really get a sense of people before we work with them, just because, you know, just in case. Yeah, you want to, uh, yeah, exactly. Right? You know what I mean? Because uh, lovingly, it's a crazy uh, check. Lo- so, you're looking for the, the scary something behind the eyes, right. like, wait. Yeah. So if we even, you know, start to chat with somebody, it, it's because obviously we're huge fans. And we're, we're huge fans of so many people. There's so many more people we'd love to work with for sure. Oh but, gosh, um, yes. you know, that. Yeah, I mean, so the, the criteria being first, they a have to be an awesome actor. Right. B, it's a comedy, so they have to see. We have to see flashes of that they're really funny. And even Pete in Game of Thrones as Tyrion, like sometimes he's really funny. Right. Um, and then C, we have our lovingly said crazy check, and both of them uh, passed with flying oh colors, God. or they were so crazy, or we're all crazy. Oh, well, I'm not sure. They we're all equally crazy, but um, yeah, I think there's something too because we work in a style that's pretty pretty loose right. I mean it's strange because we obsess over the script so much I mean the, the way we obsess over the script we rewrite we write and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite until we start shooting and then every single night after we've shot all day we rewrite the pages for the next day and then in hair and makeup that morning we will usually sit and rewrite them again right and then we get to set and do that once and then, and then we're off the rails. So it's like right. it's almost insane that we work so hard on the script. But I'm always like, but it helps you understand the oh, scene, though. Yeah, it helps you, you get there. Yeah, if I you think, have that path really, to. really strong like that, then you can go off and and hiring these great people. It's like you do want to make sure that that's not going to rattle somebody, and that sure. they're so willing to be like, yeah, let's roll the dice. Like I don't know what's going to happen. Neither do I. And I'm fine with that. And yeah. They have to trust you just as much as you trust them. You totally. Know, Cause the, the, the minute we've got it like once, maybe twice, I'm like, okay, so it seemed like this part was really fun. So maybe could we like start to go in that direction? And you know, Peter, I don't think had done a ton of improv before this movie and he took to it really quickly and just enjoyed it. I think Kristen had, He's also, I mean, yeah, both of them are great at it. Yeah. But I didn't, I mean, Pete is such a kind of impressive actor. Yeah. He has just a presence and yeah. Literally like, like there's an energy coming out of him that is remarkable. But to find out, like he truly, truly is, I would say that one of the top five funniest people I've ever met in my life. Yeah, which was quite a, a dry witch, right? Oh, like yeah. a very like, cr- like crushingly funny, and you're and him and Tim Simons got oh along so well, like mm-hmm. just kind of creating this family atmosphere. 
like they were like hanging out like they were brothers like after 20 minutes and it was just, they just they making each immediately. other laugh and then and then Kristen just following Peter around asking him a super <laughs> intense Game of Thrones <laughs> kind of kind of just started it all off. Amazing. It just was yeah, just like I don't know really I think when you all hit it off like that and kind of really are having such a good time, I I think you feel that on yeah. screen. I think you can sense it. I know you always hear those stories of like those people actually hated stuff, <laughs> but the chemistry of like I don't want to hate someone for 40 days. I want to have a blast. And Life is short. Like, Come on, guys. I want to have, it's hard to get a yeah. movie made. I mean, there's um, there's a million reasons that you can fail, and let's not have one of them that we're all just being jerks to one another. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so are you guys constantly um, working on material to work on together? Like, is there always something kind of like yeah. brewing? Yeah, yes. we're, we're on to our, our next one. We just finished. We finished a rewrite on the the next one that we're going to do, and based on an existing character or something different new. No, based on a new one. Yeah, idea Ben had, <clears throat> an idea that I had. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm a little tired of this whole Steve Mallory Melissa <laughs> outline situation. Suddenly, Ben realizes that yes, when you move in on the microphone, yeah, we can hear you. But you, you. <laughs> let's go deep. <laughs> let's go deep yeah. in this mic. <laughs> Um, you of course noticed the Vigo Carpathian uh, uh, poster yeah. hanging in my you office. Over your head, I sure did. <laughs> it's, a, it's kind of an intimidation tactic for most guests. It's I didn't think it would do it to you, but um, I mean, obviously, we're also excited about Ghostbusters. I'm get in line, me too. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. So I, I'm, I'm not even going to. I don't care about spoilers or anything like that. But I'm just excited about. Uh, can you give me just background in terms of like when Paul first brought it up to you? Um, like you were working with Bill on St. Vincent. Was yeah. it in the uh, in the air then? It I'm wasn't. It really wasn't. And even when it was started being talked about and that it was really happening, like people were like, are you doing it? I'm like, I've never talked to Paul about it. I think, he, you know, I just didn't, I didn't know. I was like, oh, I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping I'm getting a call. <laughs> um who you gonna call? Uh, <laughs> See what I did? That's Anybody? from Ghostbusters. That's from Guys, Ghostbusters. That's from Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, it, no, he just he when he you know I I just loved first of all I think Paul's aesthetic, Paul's sense of comedy, his sense of story, his ability to pace something, brought to something. It, you know if 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 the original Ghostbusters didn't exist, which by the way I love, I'm a huge fan of them. I've shown my kids like they were like they thought it was like the coolest thing ever. But the story of four unlikely heroes that save New York City because there's a vortex and like there's ghosts coming into it. It's like, what? Yes, I want to do that movie. Like, it still works. It's yeah. not like that old thing. I'm like, I'm sorry, but that's still the coolest premise. And you can't redo it because you just can't touch something like that. But to take that same story and just do four unlikely heroes like i just think that was such a fresh cool way to do it it also looks cool in just the early materials that like it seems like you're playing a little bit against type not necessarily the character that i that yeah. on paper you would have probably been cast for and that speaks to paul's interest and your interest yeah. was that kind of like a fun reversal to like kind of let leslie be the aggressor and you're kind of a different yeah, it character was, it was different it was different to do and you know i thought this will be interesting to kind of like just keep try to keep the pace of it going and yeah and and I like the thought of being that keeping it really grounded because you're already dealing with ghosts and you're dealing right. with all this crazy equipment. I thought it can't be like everyone's nuts. Right. So I I kind of like the challenge of like being you know being the straighter person in it. Well, Did, boy, Paul collected a great group of yeah. Women. I mean, you've got it's I like mean, Leslie Kay. You could put you Kristen. the four of you in any of the roles, and I I mean, it's really I think that he was I mean. 
I don't know that. I think I read this that he was like trying to figure out, you know, the characters. What would work complement each other? Yeah, would, totally. You know, I think that's just such an interesting. That must have been like a fun process for him. But yeah, you got the call. Also, what late. happens when you write four full characters? When you have four real three dimensional humans written, it's. You know, and you can kind of you can kind of plug people in. It's like who's going to play what, how, right? And that's I think that's the the fun of what he he, he does so well. Well, I'm anxious and excited for like all, all this kind of crap of like this internet stuff of like this tiny minority of people that like, and I'm sure it is frankly a tiny minority yes. of like misogynists or whatever that can't take four women <laughs> in a film. It's just almost well, too the, absurd the to weird, talk about. The but weird, uh, and I re- I don't follow any of that stuff, but yeah, I've been shown things where it's like. You know, it's always like 2.38 a.m. Scranton, Ohio. It's like, you're ruining my childhood. I'm like, I don't think it's us. I think you might have had a pretty rough go of it, but uh, the fact that you're still in your mother's basement writing at 2.38 a.m. about... That we're ruining the world. Oh, <laughs> and oh, it's me. Buddy. It's like it's like me. Oh, did you you found my screen? <laughs> she walks in on you at the laptop. <laughs> not me. I'm so sorry. You're but you were ruining my child. I needed to take you down a notch, okay? You have all your paneled basements that we don't know about. Was this, I mean, I'm curious, was directing film something that was on your to-do list, or did this kind of organically happen in terms of opportunity and and where your respective careers were going? It organically happened. I mean, yeah. uh, we wrote the script for Tammy. I, I started the script for Tammy because I knew that Melissa was a really good actor, and I wanted her to get a chance to show what she could do. And then, ironically, the only reason somebody wanted the script was after she was had already shown what she could do in Bridesmaids. Right. So anyway, uh, you know, we did Tammy, we wrote it. I was just, my plan was to just sort of, you know, be the executive producer guy and just try to make sure the story like tracked. Right. And then everyone that we went out to was unavailable or <laughs> not interested. <laughs> and uh, we, hi <laughs> lack of interest. Um, and, uh, they call it the biz, lack of interest. 2013 is a really busy time for me. Yep, just not too interested, <laughs> then, guys. It, another funny thing is like when we would talk to different people about it, again, I think it's because Ben and I saw it. We really right. saw that it's like, no, it's not, a, it's not like a slick shine. It's like, it needs to feel like Southern Illinois. It needs to have a certain look to the film. It needs to be shot a certain way. And every time, you know, we met with really great people that I, we would both love to work with, but for that particular project that was so near and dear to our hearts. And we just kept saying, well, we know, you know, we kept explaining it more and more. And then the guys at New Line are so incredible. And they were kind of like, you know, the way you, the way well, they we, we actually, describe we, it. we flat out, we asked, for Melissa and I both. We we asked if we could co-direct it. Yeah, that was and, the uh, initial. Yeah, and they're so cool over there. Uh, and Toby Emmerich, the head of New Line, he's like this really measured, really nice guy. And he goes, you know what, let me sleep on it. He likes to sleep on decisions. And he calls us like, I don't know, three or four days later or something and uh, says, yeah, if you guys want to do it, I think you are the right choice because you guys know the story the the best and all that stuff. And then because of schedule uh, and because I also forced her out, Melissa no longer could. uh, (laughs) Awkward awkward conversation. She she couldn't do (laughs) pre-production because she was doing, what were you shooting? The heat or something then or was it? The heat. Maybe the heat. Because you were shooting the heat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, two for two, guys. Here's to many more collaborations. Oh, Congratulations thanks. on this one. Before I let you go, I have a sketchy Indiana Jones fedora of random questions. Sure. Uh, you want to you like pick one or two and see, uh, yes. see what's in your innermost oh, thoughts? I love, a, I love a random question out of a dirty head. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're into. 
Where haven't you been that you want to go? Asia. It's a big... I've not been... Anywhere in Asia. What's no, that? You've been nowhere in Asia. No. That's surprising. I know. I'm go- I, I'm, I think I'm going... For Ghostbusters. Just, just went to Australia, though, when it was a gorgeous. Yeah. Loved it. Nice. Yeah, that was amazing. Let's see. My drink of choice is Glenlivet 18 on the oh, rug. Nice. Don't be afraid to send it. Yes. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> weird you put it in the Starbucks cup here. That's like... Yeah. I know what's in there. pounding booze right now. We're so hammered. Here, you I, want to do another oh, one? Pick, pick your own ending here, guys. Guys, zombies or vampires? Uh, vampires every time. Really? You're just over the zombie thing? What is it? It's like... Is this being killed by or becoming one? Uh, I'll take it either way. I would like to be uh, uh, both. Uh, I'd like to, if, if I'm going to go down, I want it by vampires. I find them more stylish. Okay. And then if I was going to be one, it could be a vampire and they always live in like a great brownstone and somehow they always have like money. That's and true. I'd rather be and a Those Upper West Side vampires. Wait, now it sounds like you want to be a vampire. I do want to be a vampire. <laughs> uh, last one for you, Ben. Oh, here we go. The last gross thing I ate was... I you know what I had a I had a BLT and the and the bacon smelled a little bit like fish guys. Today, oh. today guys. Cautionary tale for it's you guys out there. Tale. Watch your bacon intake. Uh, <laughs> your bacon not smell like fish, and that's just that's that's, that's coming right from the from heart. Guys. It's a PSA from Ben and Melissa. Go check out the boss. Uh, thank you guys as always. It's good to see you both. Thanks you too. You. Thanks. Hi guys, Danielle Schneider here. Eileen, you've done it again. <laughs> As you know, Casey Wilson and I are obsessed with all the Real Housewives. Eileen would be the cheapest, best date <laughs> because you could give her Claire's and she would think it's Cartier. <laughs> so that's why we started Bitch Sesh, a Real Housewives breakdown show. And we've got some really exciting news. Starting this week, we're going to cover the brand new season of... Real Housewives of New York City. Yes. Is Erica here tonight? Maybe she is, bitches. So look for new episodes every Thursday morning. Bitch Sesh is coming to the Big Apple. Only on Earwolf. On this podcast, I'll admit you come off like a little nasty. This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.